Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Liberal Fix is brought to you by Blue Push Media, news important to progressives and liberals across America. Good evening and welcome to this edition of Liberal Fix Radio. I'm your host, uh, Keith Breckis, uh, broadcasting from Montana, and I'm joined again tonight by my co-host and the producer of the show, Naomi Minogue in California. How are you doing tonight, Naomi? I'm doing well, Keith. Thanks. Uh, just getting ready for back to school out here. We start up on Monday, so I have to get back into a different routine. But I'm doing well, and how are you doing out there? I'm doing well as well. Uh, we have a little bit of smoke in the air from fires out west, but uh, nothing real close to here. So hopefully it'll clear up soon and winter or, you know, fire season will end soon and people won't be in too much trouble. Um and one thing I was going to mention, today we will spend most of the hour talking about uh, the immigration issue, uh, which has been brought to a fore by, by Donald Trump and others, and brought back into the center of the public debate. Uh, but before they do that, there were two other things that, uh, for our listeners, I just wanted to mention that they're probably aware of, but we want to pay respect to, to one person living and one who's passed away that... Um, I have been in the news in the past week. First of all, um, since the last time we had this show, I believe a civil rights icon, Julian Bond, passed away. So um, our condolences to his friends and family, and we just want to pay tribute to his legacy. And the other big story, I guess, um, um, that was pretty heart-wrenching for people who watched it. I didn't see it, but I heard it was quite a story. Is of course, uh, former President uh, Jimmy Carter, who's, who's done wonderful things since leaving the Oval Office as well, um, announced that his cancer had spread to his brain. And, of course, uh, we wished him and his family and the people who care about him well because uh, certainly a, a man who's done many great things and, and it would be a shame, you know, hopefully he can t- continue to do great things for what time he has left and hopefully um, they can arrest the cancer and, and he can continue to press on for a while longer. Any thoughts on that, Naomi? Uh, well, yeah, the the news on President Carter's very heart wrenching, and um, I did see the news conference that he gave at the Carter Center, and it was very touching. And in typical President Carter style, he showed a lot of uh, humility, a lot of grace, a lot of dignity. Um, certainly, is looks like he's handling the news as best as he possibly can, and he seems to be uh, more concerned with his wife and um, his family members, um, but he seems to be handling it with optimism, or at least with um, the least amount of fear, I guess, as he can, as he can muster, and, and just being very graceful um, and generous to the public about being very open and upfront about what's going on and, you know, letting everybody know exactly what course he's taking and so he's being very generous with that at a time when maybe some people would just kind of you know shut the doors and handle it with you know within their their own family but he's he's being very classy and and very very generous and yes of course the passing of Julian Bond very very sad um you know both men are very very um they're role models for those who are in the you know who love and have a passion for social justice and for making things right amongst all men and women everywhere. Um, so both men are, you know, role models and people we definitely um, hold 
in high esteem in the liberal um, community. Sure, absolutely. So we we wish um, the fam- their families well, and in the case of President Carter, wish him well well as well, and hope that um, hope that the cancer can be slowed or stopped or what, whatever they can do, because it sure would. It sure is nice to have him around, and um, you know, certainly um, it's done a lot post-presidential career as well as doing some good things while he was president as well. Um, changing gears a little bit, or talking about people who are very unlike President Carter, I guess, um, for, for lack of a better uh, better transition. Um, one of the big stories that has come up this week that has been an ongoing story but is now right back in the center of the debate, despite the fact that um, illegal immigration or people coming from across the southern border, it's actually down to one of its lowest points I mean, since uh, in many, many years. And, and there's actually more um, more people, for example, leaving the country to go back to Mexico than coming in from Mexico for the first time since the Great Depression and it's been that way for about three years now. I think that started in 2012 or maybe 2011. But but reality doesn't matter for, for our political debate in this country. Often it's, it's what people bring to the forefront and the Republican Party has been demonizing immigrants for quite some time, but it's really taken a new... Um, new life with the uh, Trump candidacy. And, of course, earlier this week, Donald Trump sort of doubled down, I guess you could say, by by calling for an end to birthright citizenship, which is actually something that reversed his position from a few years ago when he was critical of Mitt Romney's hard line on immigration. But now Trump has gone way further than Romney ever did in 2012. Um, he's calling for an end to birthright citizenship in clear violation of the 14th Amendment, which which quite clearly says that if you're born here, um, you're an American citizen. I mean, it, it's pretty unambiguous and pretty simple. And, and maybe the most disturbing part, I mean, Donald Trump is sort of our generation's speech, sort of running now is, is our generation's George Wallace, but uh, focusing more on uh, attacking Latinos than blacks, although he does some of both. Um, but What's I think more disappointing is not that Trump's doing, and I think that's we expect that from him, but that all the other Republican candidates are getting right in line and saying the same thing, or I should say almost all the other ones. Jeb Bush hasn't quite gone that far, but he did go and, and use the anchor baby slur. Um, um, and, of course, across the spectrum, I mean, Scott Walker, uh, uh Bobby Jindal, a whole bunch of other Republican candidates, Lindsey Graham have come out and said, "Yeah, we should, we should end birthright citizenship," which is which is just nuts. I mean, on top of being unconstitutional, it's impractical. But um, your thoughts on the whole debate over over that issue? That <laughs> well, I'd have to go longer Literally than the hour. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's okay to be an immigrant if you're a a single woman and you marry a Republican white gentleman, as in the case of Donald Trump's two wives, uh, what are two of the three wives or however many times he's been married, Melania or Melania, his current wife and Ivana. So I guess it's okay for them to come over to the United States as long as they marry someone that's white and Republican and they don't count. But I, I just, I just see it as being, you know, can absolutely racist and absolutely wanting them to keep, um, like you said, the comparison of George Wallace to keep it as a as a white supremacy. Um, they're saying things that are so cruel and so inhumane, and categorizing that as something that they are legally trying to do, that that's legal. You know, what they're trying to do there, you know, it's, why is it so appalling? This is, you know, this is how it should be um, because the uh, minorities are taking away our jobs. The minorities are, are sucking our system. Our minorities are sitting home collecting uh, welfare. Our minorities are taking away all the good jobs. Um, you know, the children are getting into colleges uh, that are taking away the spots of the white students. Um, so it's just, 
it's to to not even say it's degrade you know it's degrading it's dehumanizing it's and not to mention like you said it's it's unconstitutional but but like you said it's just my last thought on especially trump is yes they're all they're all looking at the shiny object which right now is donald trump so he's he's uh making his platform on immigration uh, he that's the that's his you know his shiny object of the moment that he's waving around and so yes the other people are seeing how the other the other republican candidates are seeing how he's being how how the people are responding to him so they are saying okay well that's what we're going to jump on too hey we're like that too we're you know we're racists too we can say that too look at us look at us we want to be popular too and it has you know nothing to do with running a, a campaign, nothing with running um, on a platform of what you would do as president other than shutting down the border, saying out drones, and, you know, uh, spending billions of dollars on, oh, you know, essentially the Great Wall of China would be here in the United States, um, and uh, that's, you know, that's what they are all running on. So, you know, that's, if they want to run themselves to the ground that way, you know, more power to them, but it's, it's just very disappointing um, to hear not just him, but like you said, others following um, suit. Yeah, and the worst part about it, I think, is, is um, well, every year, I think since 2010, Congressman Steve King from Iowa, the, the racist who said, you know, for every, dream, for every dreamer who gets a college education, there's 10 more or something like that have calves the size of cantaloupes that are drug mules or whatever. I mean, that every year in Congress or the last four or five years, he's always introduced a bill to end birthright citizenship. And at least up until now, it's always been pretty much laughed out of Congress. It doesn't make it through. It gets uh, shut down by a majority of both parties. But now what's really disturbing is that Steve King and, you know, Sheriff Joe Arpaio and Phoenix and Sheriff Paul Babu and, those kind of demagogic, nativist, anti-immigrant people, I guess I could throw Tom Tancredo in there too, those really rabid anti-immigrant people, now their position against ending birthright citizenship is becoming the mainstream position within the Republican Party, at least within the presidential field. I mean, it's not only Donald Trump, like I said, Scott Walker, Bobby Jindal, which is kind of ironic because he was born to parents on U.S. soil and was, that were non-citizens. I mean, they were here legally, I believe, but they weren't citizens. So in a sense, he's he's the beneficiary of birthright citizenship. But, but unlike Michelle Obama, when Bobby Jindal gets through the door, he wants to slam it in the face of the person behind him because he got his. And, you know, forget everybody else who has to walk through that door. I mean, it's a very different mentality. I mean, with the Republicans, it's, it seems like this Machiavellian kind of, well, I got mine. The rest of you are on your own, and and so Trump is demagoguing the issue, and 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 the rest of the Me Too brigade is like, oh yeah, I, um, since he's doing so well in the polls and drawing big audiences, I I hate brown people. It's really it's bad for the country. I mean, you know, whatever else could be said about George W. Bush, um, at least he didn't he didn't take that hardline stance on immigration. He kind of. Um, it was one of the few areas where he was at least somewhat thoughtful as a president. And so, you know, we have this weird, and, and you know, even Reagan passed an amnesty bill. So we have this weird situation in the Republican Party where liberals or progressives like myself are almost waxing nostalgic for George W. Bush or, or Ronald Reagan for being at least, you know, almost on the edges of reasonable. But now we've gone into the borderline insanity and I don't mean it's marginally insane. I mean they're insane about how to how to patrol the borderline of the United States and it's just it's you know, it's, it's their positions are almost unconscionable. It's 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 just really disturbing to see this sort of know nothing nativism taking such firm hold in the Republican party and and I hope I hope it costs them the election next year. I mean I hope now, when it comes to a general election, whoever the Republican candidate is is so poisoned by this that that they can't win an election. But I'm I'm not so optimistic that I think that's a sure thing. I mean, I know how quickly um, people can be manipulated by this kind of thing, you know. So it's a little bit frightening. I don't know. Did you have uh, additional thoughts on that? 
Well, I think that the, one thing that the Democrats do very well is that they do focus on getting uh, people to register to vote and then getting people to go to the polls. I'll, I'm not going to say that people follow through with that, but I do think that there is a strong movement for the in the Democratic Party, uh, liberals, progressives, especially grassroots um, organizations and, and small uh, clubs. They are pushing... Uh, to get people to register to vote, and then they do push out the the GOTV that get out the vote. Whereas Republicans are trying to do everything they can to block voting, um, and you know make it as difficult or as impossible for the um, maybe minorities to vote or people in rural areas that you know have to come up with you know every five pieces of documentation before they're able to vote. Are they, you know, taking away days to vote, taking away opportunities and places to vote that would be helpful to uh, maybe minority, specifically minority voters? And I think that that will that will hold true and hold uh, to get voters, especially minority voters, out to vote um, because no no matter what, I, um, you know, I, I don't I don't get it if you're a minority and you're really struggling why you would vote Republican, but. I, I I do hope, and I do I do feel hopeful. I'll say it that way. I do feel hopeful that because the Democrats do reach out to uh, all voters, especially minority voters, especially those in a rural area who have a difficulty, they try to make things easy. They try to uphold the laws, the voting laws that are in place, because they're there for a reason to make it equal for everybody to try to get to vote. Um, it's 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 a, a right for us to vote, so we're trying to implement getting people out to vote, and I think that will help in the end. Um, with 2016, I definitely think that is a key that the Democrats' grassroots grassroots movements need to um, don't forget to focus on. Um, don't forget that that is what's going to get people to to the polling places. Um, so I think regi- voter registration is key to keeping a Democrat in the White House. And I definitely think that, um, you know, we keep hammering and and showing the public what the their stance is on immigration. And I, I think it'll take care of itself. Um, not just that one issue, of course, but I think that's definitely... They haven't found their, their, their spot with minorities. They keep saying that they're going to turn a new leaf and they're going to reach out to minorities. And this absolutely is the opposite of that. So I don't see how the majority of minorities that vote um, Democrat, how they would turn to vote Republican, or how if you haven't registered to vote yet, that you would register as a Republican. Um, so I don't know if that <laughs> answered your question, but I, I really wanted to you know, to get that out there, that registering to vote and getting people out there to the polls, I think, is, is one of the key components to making sure that it kind of crumbles that, immigration platform that they're running on. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because one thing that was said after the 2012 election when the Republicans did their autopsy is that they had to do a better job of of attracting Latino voters or not turning (laughs) off minorities. I mean, they don't have to win that vote, but they had to do better than, um, like I mentioned George Bush earlier, he got about 40% of the Hispanic vote in 2004, which is pretty good for a Republican. I mean, he still got creamed by 20 points, but I mean, he kind of kept, kept them from running the table there. Well, by the time Romney ran in 2012, they were getting less than they were getting in the neighborhood of 25 percent of Latino vote on exit polls, so that's a huge drop. And 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 they said, well, you can't win an election with that low of a number. Well, at the rate they're going now, it's going to drop from 25 to 12 percent. And and so in that sense, the Republicans aren't going to be able to win states like Colorado and Nevada and uh, probably even Florida. I mean, they're going to have to try to. Um, I don't know if they're going to have a chance. They're going to have to do something in Pennsylvania or Ohio, somewhere where where they're not where they're not going to get sunk by Latino voters. So it really really narrows the map for them, and so it could be their undoing. And so that that's probably a positive aspect of it. And one other point on the whole birthright citizenship thing too is you know a lot of small government conservatives are going rah rah yeah we're we're behind Trump or you know yeah. Forget those, you know, people coming and having their babies here and stuff. But 
But from a logistical standpoint, any birthright citizenship is, it, it's not a practical thing to do. For one, um, you know, I mean, Trump's idea of deporting 12 million people is 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 undoable. But, but beyond that, the birthright citizenship thing, you would basically create a system where everybody's not only going to have to prove they were born here, but they have to prove that their parents were and so on and down. And so what are you going to have? I mean, immigration and customs enforcement people in every hospital, police in the maternity ward to, you know, not only find out whether to issue a certificate for the kid, but where the parents were born. And, you know, I mean, this hasn't been thought through, and I don't think it's meant to be thought through because it's really just a demagogue being way of, uh, of, of rounding up votes from racists and, you know, uh, people that are angry or whatever, <laughs> hardcore nativists and xenophobes but i mean from a practical matter it's it's not uh it's not doable and it's not very conservative either i mean the the same people that scream bloody murder about the idea of having a national id card well essentially if you mandate birthright citizenship you're going to have to have that i mean that's that's what they're really what it comes down to so i i don't know if they've thought that through but but it's certainly um in addition to being unconstitutional, it's incredibly impractical. And, and so it just goes to show that the Republicans, you know, they, they're they not really behind thoughtful legislation anymore. They're just behind tweaking the base. They're trying to get people all excited about stuff that they have no intention or no ability of doing. Or if they do do it, I mean, it's going to be a catastrophe. And I suppose they're capable of doing that. I mean, Sam Brownback and Bobby Dindle, I guess, have proved that, uh, you know, Republicans say that uh, say that government doesn't work, and when they get elected, they prove it. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, it's just bad news in so many different ways. Um, and, and like I said, I guess we didn't mention yet, too, I mean, Ben Carson's on the, on the bandwagon as well, and he wants to oh, can, do drone can I, strikes can I inter- on U.S. soil. Can, oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm right. Can I interrupt just for a second? I wanted to just follow up on, on um, the article that I think you and I read about uh, in Talking Points Memo. It was today's article. I just wanted to, to uh, give a quick quote from the article that we're sharing. Um, it's from Bill Stock, who is the president-elect of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, um, basically, what you said, uh, he's, the, the quote he says is, um, it becomes this sort of paper chase, and who is going to police this? How do you know if a child born in a U.S. hospital is a citizen or not? Are we going to have ICE agents in a maternity ward? Um, it's all lovely to say that we are only targeting people who are born to illegal parents, but what that means is that everyone has to show that their parents were not illegally present. If we want to administer this fairly, there are white people who have undocumented parents. So we can't just say say that we are not going to check for people who are white or African-American or have American accents. You have to check for everybody. Um, So, yeah, I mean, how far back are you going to have to go? And who's, like he said, who's going to police this? This is just, for being conservative, this is not something that is going to be, you know, under... You know, in in a budget, you know, it costs the the paper for this and the legal uh, end of it is going to be astronomical, um, and so you'd have to basically have to have documentation and someone that will document at every, you know, every hospital, um, any place where there's where they can have a child born is where you're going to have to do this, um, you know. It, it like you said it it's just it's a horrible idea it's it, we'd have to pass a constitutional amendment um and the, the the implications would go much much further than just an immigration policy and do we really want to revert back to the 1860s do we want to go back to when the time when you know slavery was in our country and when we had uh second class citizens when um black slaves were not considered Americans that were not considered citizens. Um, do we really want to go back to that kind of country? Were we proud of that? Is that a, a stain in our history, or is that something we want to have but take, you know, piece it together? Well, we didn't like this part, but we do like this part. We don't like that, but we do like this. We, we, we shouldn't be happy 
and we shouldn't be wanting to model any of it. It was all horrible. It was a big stain on our history, and we're so incredibly uh, grateful that it came out on the other end. Um, but it, it it just boggles me that they're they're thinking we're protecting our country, we're taking our country back, we're moving the immigrants out and keeping it to ourselves so that everything stays healthy, nobody's bringing any germs from any other countries, we're not having people take over our, you know, our jobs or education, we're all keeping it amongst us. And, you know, us is who we are. Us is a nation of immigrants. You know, that's who our na- what our nation is. So for them to say that they can try and separate and that they want to start moving, you know, people to the back of the bus again is so incredibly frustrating and uh, it angers not just you and I, but so many people that, you know, wh- wh- what are they thinking? How, how, did this, how does this come out of their mouth? And no one... They have all these head nodders behind them. Nobody's saying anything like, no, that's wrong. We don't want to be that country. That's not who we are. Um, But they've got all these people behind them nodding and encouraging and thumbs-upping that that's what they're rolling with right now. It's incredibly disappointing um, to know that that's that's what's out there. So um, that's all I wanted to say about that birthright citizenship before you went on to Ben Carson. I just... Oh yeah, out. yeah, and I'm <laughs> going a mile a minute, but but and I think what you said is very important, and I think you know what's funny is is Trump keeps Donald Trump keeps saying make America great again, and I think some people think oh yeah like in 1992 or something, but when Trump says make America great again, he's talking about before the 14th Amendment, so he's talking about bringing us back to 1857 or something. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, make it great again where, you know, I mean, where uh, uh, we had uh, slavery and, and the white people had it pretty good. I mean, that's not exactly what he's saying, but that's when, when you pa- unpack his rhetoric and you take it back mm-hmm. to where he wants to take us, he's really talking about a 19th century vision where where mm-hmm. privilege, racial privilege and class privilege are, are given priorities. And, and it's not an egalitarian nation. I mean, forget that. It's egalitarian for white people who own property, but, or at least for men, I mean, it's not even, you know, that's pre the 19th amendment as well. But I mean, uh, you know, that, that's the mindset that, that they're operating under. And, and, and it's, it's, it's disconcerting to say the least. And I think um, before I bring up uh, Ben Carson, who's on that bandwagon too, I will mention that we are almost half past the hour and, uh, uh, so we're about 30 minutes in. We're talking about immigration and, and uh, the Republican Party. But I did want to pitch a couple guests that we have coming up uh, in September. Uh, we don't have anybody lined up yet for next week. But um, on September 4th, our guest will be James Kilgore. He is the author of Understanding Mass Incarceration, A People's Guide to the Key Civil Rights Struggle of Our Time. So I think that'll be particularly relevant, especially with matter and some of the other things um, being uh, central to the political debate right now. That should be a timely interview. And then the following week, uh, on September 11th, I guess, we will have uh, John B. Diamond on, who's the co-author of the book, Despite the Best Intentions, How Racial Inequality Thrives in Good Schools. Um, Not to mention that I'm sure it thrives in bad schools as well, but I mean, uh, that should be an interesting interview. And um, maybe, Naomi, you could tell people where they can find us on social media as well, and then we'll get back to uh, talking immigration. Well, you can always find us on Facebook. Just type in Liberal Fix on your search engine, and that's our Facebook page. You can always follow us there. Um, we also have our website, www.liberalfix.com, and you can listen to our archived shows We uh, try to get on live every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 uh, Pacific time. But we have a myriad of guests, and they're all archived on there, so you can listen to any of our past shows that you may have missed. Uh, And also I wanted to point out that uh, Keith is a full-time writer with Politicus USA, so you can look for his articles on Facebook, um, on his uh, Facebook page, or also on the Politicus USA Facebook page. Um, He writes full-time in his 
articles are every day and are are, are posted every day, and um, sometimes he has two to two or three a day, so you can get uh, kind of a, a feel for where he's coming from, and um, it can always uh, Facebook friend him or follow him on Twitter. Also, is at Keith Breckis. Um, so we are, like he said, we'll be on uh, Friday with two really exciting guests. I'm looking forward to speaking with them. Absolutely. And um, so I wanted to go back to, uh, I guess, we've already mentioned that the, one, one of the Republicans' ideas of immigration reform is to shred the Constitution and get rid of the 14th Amendment. So that's not very practical. So is there anything more practical coming out of the GOP field? Well, uh, Exhibit B is uh, uh, retired neurosurgeon Ben Carson, who probably should have stuck to brain surgery because uh, I don't want to say this, but in terms of politics, he doesn't appear to be a brain surgeon, but I guess he is a brain surgeon. He's just not a political strategist or, or a compassionate person, or I'm not sure what to say, but, but he um, this week came down in favor of military weaponized drone strikes on American soil to to uh, root out, I guess, uh, people suspected of crossing the border illegally. So, so if they go out to the desert and they see some encampment or something that looks like, um, you know, in Carson's mind, probably drug dealers, you know, doing something secret or whatever. But, but I mean, it basically came out in favor of of uh, doing what we're doing in the Middle East, um, but doing drone strikes right here on American soil at, against people who are presumed to be illegal immigrants, which I guess would probably be Latino people walking around in the desert. Um, hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't know how he's going to determine which ones are here legally and which not, but regardless, um, uh, dropping, you know, bombing people or doing military strikes against people um, who are non-combatants is, is, should not be an option. I mean, come on, we're talking about killing children or killing people who are just trying to make a better life for themselves. I mean, you, you can have different positions on immigration policy. Maybe some people think we need to, you know, catch them and, and send them back across the border or whatever. Okay, that's fine, you know. I mean, that can be defended at least because the people get to live, but you can't just be out in the deserts, you know, strafing people from the sky. Uh, that's that's not an immigration policy. That's that's war crimes, as far as I'm concerned. War crimes in peacetime. I mean, because there is no war. <laughs> but but um, um, your thoughts on uh, on uh, Mr. Carson's uh, idea? Um, I I I would echo your sentiments. Also, he unfortunately thinks that um, having um, people you know humans walking around um not even knowing if they're immigrants or not he's you know looking around and and wanting and calling it you know a war that this is how you need to to um to respond to them uh, right away he's hitting you know reaching for the for the red phone and saying, yes, this is a war that we're fighting. Uh, we have to, you know, we have to be open to all types of um, ways to implement immigration. And if drones are one of them, then so be it. I, where do these people, I don't understand where, you know, where humans end for them, where humans and non-humans begin. You know, where where does that come in their thinking? You know, it, it, like you said, if nothing else, you're talking about families. You're talking about um, the problem of people having to come in secretly or having or coming in through different ways because we don't have a system that works. Um, there isn't something that's in place um, that works. So we absolutely do need immigration reform. But to completely chop off our arm to get rid of the to say that will get rid of the problem that that does nothing and and what and and again you know i i hate to sound like a broken record but when the gop says well we're against the affordable care act well we're against um you know paying women equal equal pay for equal work we're against uh, x y and z we're now we're against immigration okay well what's your plan what's your side of the coin they don't have anything they're just against it 
they don't have anything that's thoughtful. They don't have anything that's humane. They don't have anything that is legal. Everything is just knee-jerk. Get rid of it. Do away with it. We don't need it. We don't want it. It's that simple. Well, no, it's not that simple. Um, And they have nothing to show for it. It's just more vitriol, more rhetoric, uh, nothing substantial on the table. Uh, They vacillate back and forth. Um, you know, and and they and their their language. You know, they call it. They can call it. Actually, let let's do a quote here from. Um, I'm sure one of your favorites, Keith Jen. Uh, is it Michelson? Mickelson, the Iowa radio host, and he's a oh yeah, conservative, yeah, he's a winner, I... crazy guy. <laughs> uh, his his comprehensive immigration reform plan entails making undocumented in- immigrants property of the state property. Well, okay, I guess that means that's where you draw the line as they're human because humans aren't property. So, okay, property of the state. And when his unconstitutional immigration plan was questioned, he asked, what's wrong with slavery? The 13th Amendment is what's wrong with slavery, and yet Michelson actually used the 13th Amendment to justify enslaving Latino immigrants into state-mandated, quote, compelled labor. So they're calling these people property of the state. They're forcing them into compelled labor. They're uh, talking about rounding them up, putting them in detention centers, making them property of the state. Uh, We give you a deadline to leave. If you don't leave, then you become owned by the state. You know, we, we, where, where is this coming from? This is horrible. And it's not new. It, this ugly, you know, racism rears its head every so often. It kind of stays dormant, and then something just pops up, um, and it's it's horrible. Um, and like I said, they have it's all hatred. They are hateful conservative uh, people who are pandering to their base of hateful conservative voters and thinking that this is going to solve our problems. All we need to do is kick all of the non-white people out, and we're good to go. But no thought about what it would cost, what we would lose as a country. We would stand to lose a lot, and financially what it would cost us. So instead of trying to, they want to, they want to reinvent the wheel instead of trying to say, okay, well, it, this isn't perfect what we have. But it's better than droning, sending drones out to Arizona and Texas and New Mexico and California and, you know, by the border of Mexico and just arbitrarily picking people off. So, yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what I think about it. Yeah, no, and you're right. And, and Mickelson, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, and frankly, I don't care, oh, but I mean. Who um, cares? <laughs> <laughs> the individual from Iowa, the radio host, he's also sort of a kingmaker in Iowa politics. Him and Steve King, I guess it's literally a kingmaker of sorts. But, I mean, both of those guys, they're, they're hardcore, rabid anti-immigrant people. And yet, Iowa is the first state to hold the caucuses, and these are the people you have to suck up to if you want to do well in the state. So, basically, you have uh, Steve King, who's, who wants to end birthright citizenship and, and Dan Mickelson who wants to go a step further and, and allow the state to enslave uh, people who are unable to prove their um, to the satisfaction of the state or the authorities that they're, they're um, that they have legal status to be here. He wants to make them slaves. I mean, this is just nuts. I mean, this isn't, this doesn't sound like America. I mean, this is, you know, I don't like to throw the word around, but in this case, I mean, the Michelson guy is literally advocating something akin to fascism. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, to, to have compelled yes. forced labor, forced labor camps. I mean, that's 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 beyond just you know right wing foolishness. That's 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 a recipe for fascism for for state um, state. Uh, compel labor and, and to, to enslave people and make them wards of the state and force them to work, you know, at the barrel of a gun or what, whatever whatever mechanism they're going to use to enforce that, that's that's beyond, that should not be part of our, our legitimate political debate in this country. That should be off the table. And yet that it seems to be where we're headed or what we've come to on the Republican side. And hopefully, you know, 
hopefully somebody in the party will come to their senses and put a stop to that. I don't know if there's anybody in the current GOP field who will. I know to some extent, I guess, Rubio, Rubio and Kasich and Jeb Bush are a little less hardline than some of the others, but they're all sort of kind of following Trump's lead. I mean, there isn't anybody standing up and saying, boy, this guy's dead wrong. He's out of his mind. I mean, they're they're basically kind of, oh, yeah, me too, me too, or, oh, well, he's a little over the top. I wouldn't go quite that far, but, and it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, there's, there's not a voice of reason amongst them. 17 candidates and now one person can call out Trump on his immigration policy. should point out that this policy is also, there's consequences whenever you, whenever you, demagogue an issue, you sort of create an environment where where weak-minded individuals or people who are easily manipulated um, start to absorb your words and take the law into your own hands. And, and one of the most disturbing stories this week of, was of these two knuckleheads in Boston, a couple of South Boston men with criminal records to begin with, um, Scott and Stephen Leader, they... they, they brutally assaulted a 58-year-old Latino homeless man, um, not just assaulted him, they urinated on him, they did all kinds of horrible things. It was just just one of those kind of ridiculous crimes that, that, that leaves you scratching your head. And they are being held without bail, so obviously the judge found that the assault was was just really extreme and unwarranted or whatever. But one of the individuals said, well, Donald Trump was right. Um, we need to get these, uh, all these illegals need to be deported. You know, they have to go. I mean, so here we have guys invoking Trump, and no, Trump didn't directly, you know, he didn't order the attacks. And so, you know, the individuals who did the attacks are responsible. But let's face it, Trump and others in the Republican Party created the environment where people start to get the motivation to think that that's, that, 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 that they're somehow being patriots by doing that, by peeing on a homeless person and beating, beating him to within inches of his life. And, you know, and one of these buffoons um, was he spent a year in prison after 2001 for another hate crime. Um, at that time, he beat up a, a Moroccan man at, inside a Dunkin' Donuts, a guy from Morocco. He beat him up and he shouted anti well, ethnic flares, anti-Arab or anti-Muslim things at him and accused his victim of being a terrorist. So, you know, obviously in 2001, the same guy was motivated by that anti-Islamic hysteria after the September 11th attack to think that he's a patriot for going and beating up this poor guy who was in a Dunkin' Donuts. I think the guy actually worked there, so he beat up an employee, you know, from Morocco. Um, none of the 911 hijackers were from Morocco, by the way. Um, you know, so, and and now he's beating up uh, Hispanic people in the alleys of Boston because because he's drawn in by this this hate speech that that some of the presidential candidates are are engaging in, and and, and it's you know, and it, it's ugly. Um, I don't know what else to say about that, you know, but it, it's you know we have to we have to pull back from the brink and get more sensible. Uh, dialogue going in this country about the immigration issue rather than stirring up anti-ethnic, stirring up ethnic hatred and getting people to engage in, in vigilante-style ethnic cleansing. That's that's not okay. Right. Any thoughts on that, Naomi? Well, ahead, I'm sorry. the fact that's okay. The the fact that somebody that was some that some people were inspired. By Donald Trump to beat people up, uh, that's that just says a lot about Donald Trump um, and the type of people that he's reaching. Um, if people are not yeah, inspired, I hear the words to, "inspired by Trump," and I get scared. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, instead really of funny. instead of instead of being inspired to register people to vote or you know helping out uh, in you know other situations where you can start uh, helping fellow humans, you go and rip off their blankets, urinate on them, and beat the crap out of them. That's, that's, inspirational, uh, that's an inspirational movement. That's not something I want a part of. But I, I wanted to maybe, in, like, quickly, as, as quickly as I can, I wanted to run through a couple of things that would help 
um, and things that the, that the immigrate that the immigrants here contribute to. I, I know that you know we've heard about all these horrible things that they're doing, and you know you know they're taking our jobs and et cetera. All these things that people are uh, the Republicans are are saying, but you know actually you know what they're doing for our economy. Um, you know if we were able to have uh, legalization and naturalization of undocumented immigrants, it would bolster their wages. And the annual income of unauthorized immigrants would be 15.1% higher within five years if they were granted legal status. Um, all this, by the way, is coming from uh, the Center for American Progress, is where I'm getting um, these um, facts from. Um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, and in addition, if if undocumented immigrants earned their citizenship, their wages would raise would rise by an additional 10%. The wage increase would occur if legal status provides the undocumented legal protections and grants access to better jobs, promotes investments in education and training, and fosters small business creation. Immigration reform that includes a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants in five years would increase the earnings of all American workers, of all American workers, by $618 billion over the next decade. Naturalized workers earn higher wages, consume more goods and services, and pay more taxes, which in turn creates economic growth. If the undocumented immigrants in our nation were granted legal status today and citizenship in five years, the 10-year cumulative increase in U.S. gross domestic product, or our GDP, would be $1.1 trillion. Um, you know, there's more. I'll, I'll, I'll list this one. I thought this was very important. If undocumented immigrants gained legal status and citizenship, they would provide a net six. $106.4 billion contribution to Social Security over the next 36 years, the same time period when retiring big boomers will place the greatest strain on the system. These contributions to the Social Security system would support 2.4 million American retirees. Immigrants who are currently living in the United States without legal status could make a net contribution of $155 billion to Medicare over the next 30 years. Their contribution would extend the solvency of the Medicare Trust Fund by four years. You know, most of the immigrants who come to the country, to our country, are not coming here because they want to sit in a house and watch TV and um, watch reruns of Mori Povich and eat ice cream. Most of them that are here are escaping a, a country that they're living in, which is horrific. Maybe it's torn apart by war. Maybe they're trying to provide a better uh, life for their daughters who are being raped, who are being um, mutilated physically. Who are maybe their children are being trafficked, you know, being uh, human trafficking, involved in human trafficking. Maybe they're being persecuted for their religious beliefs. They're coming here and they're wanting their children to have a better chance than when they were children, because obviously they're coming here as adults with their children. Maybe they want to continue and further their education and they can't because they're in a, com a country that does not allow women to have higher education or go to school at all. They come here and they are enrolling in our colleges, our high schools, our elementary schools to bec become better people and to better their lives, to, to learn a trade, to learn how to provide for themselves. They're not looking here and looking at, oh, we can get welfare. Oh, we can get food stamps. Oh, we can be on uh, government assistance forever. No. They're trying to open small businesses. They're trying to open up and contribute. They want to pay what they're supposed to pay. They want to do the right thing. They want to do the legal, uh, pay into the legal system. They want to be here and not have to look over their shoulder. And like President Obama has said, we need to take them out of the shadows. 
they can contribute so much more if we fix the kinks, if we work things out and look at them as humans, look at them as families, look at them as people. That's what will happen. Trying to rip apart the 13th and 14th Amendment and rejuggle the Constitution for our own self-worth, it, it's not going to happen. It's not, it's, it, and it's, it's not who we are. It, it absolutely is not who we are. Absolutely. And, and I think, it, you know, it's important that people understand the benefits of, of immigration. And, and, and it's just, I don't know, it, it's just disheartening to see um, the rhetoric going in the opposite direction. Uh, and and uh, I guess one thing, one thing too, mentioning the attacks in Boston, uh, Trump's first response was, my supporters are passionate. He's since, after two days since, finally said that what they did wasn't a good thing, but it took him two days. I mean, hello, you know, I mean, what they did was awful. And I don't know if he knew the whole details at the beginning, but I don't describe that kind of hate crime as passion. That's, that's, um, well, I guess you could say it's passion, but it's not the kind of passion you would, you would promote or or encourage. And so that was just disconcerting. But one other thing I wanted to, um, we talked a lot about immigration here and about Latino immigrants and stuff, but I, I think there is a point where Trump is really, this is a white supremacist campaign. And, and what I mean by that is he's definitely appealing to racist voters as is most of the Republican party. And I think he made that clear today when, when he sort of linked two issues that I don't think most people would link. Um, he was on a radio show in Alabama of all places and he drew a big rally there, but he said, um, he mentioned that um, when you look at Baltimore, when you look at Chicago and Ferguson, a lot of these areas, you know, a lot of these gang members are illegal immigrants. They're going to be gone. We're going to get them out so fast, out of this country so fast. Well, a couple points there. First of all, um, the implication that people that were fighting for social justice after a pattern of police abuse and after very specific uh, police brutality incidents, first of all, they're not all gang members. These are members of the community. That isn't to say that in Baltimore and Ferguson there might not have been gang members at the protest, because certainly that's possible, but these were not gang-organized protests. They're members of the community. Um, um, so that's the first point, is, is he's trying to sort of discredit the entire Black Lives Movement and social justice movements by dismissing them as gang members. The other point, though, is, of course, he knows full well that you know that the people in those neighborhoods are mostly African American and they're mostly citizens of the United States. Um, these aren't illegal immigrants um, <laughs> at the Chicago and Ferguson protests, for the most part. I mean, I'm sorry, the Baltimore and Ferguson protests. Um, but I think rhetorically, there's a link there that he's trying to do. It's basically trying to eliminate the citizenship even of Black Americans, sort of to rhetorically place them in the other category, like they're not real Americans. The people in Baltimore and Ferguson, just like the people crossing the Rio Grande or the Arizona desert are not real citizens. The only people who have claims to the rights and legitimacy of Americanness and American exceptionalism and, and to make America great again are white people. I mean, that's really what Trump is saying if you break it down. And so when he did that, obviously he knows that a lot of people he wasn't talking about are illegal immigrants, but he's trying to delegitimize them. And, and he's even done that to the president of the United States because, of course, Donald Trump is a birther. So he's even trying to say that Barack Obama doesn't belong here. He's not a real American. You know, he's born in Kenya or, or, you know, I guess some birthers think Indonesia or whatever, but it wasn't in the U.S. Um, so, so he's basically trying to eliminate a whole... Uh, not just Latinos, but African Americans as well. All minorities are sort of off the table. He's definitely appealing, appealing to racist, angry white voters who feel threatened by the changing demographics of this country. And and Trump is totally going for that demographic to be his base. And you know, um, if he gets the nomination, that's that's where he's headed. But you know, thank God there's 
probably enough minority voters to make sure he gets defeated in a general election, but it's sure going to be ugly for the primaries because at this point they can get away with it because in the Republican primary, um, what he's saying is working and it probably will continue to work for a while. Um, your thoughts on that? Uh, I I agree. Um. Are you still there? I don't know if it's going sorry. on a mute yes. button. Go ahead. I'm, I'm here. No, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say quickly, I, I agree. I think somebody's going to have to get away from the flock. Someone's going to have to distance themselves with reality and with reasonability and uh, and, and get away from that. Um, because I think that... I think that after a while, I think even even his you know most passionate followers will tire of that. They, you know, we can't just talk about immigration. We can't just say we're going to get rid of all the non-white people and our country's going to be better. No, that's not what's wrong. That's not the, That's not what. That's not all that's wrong with our country. Um, so to lump everything in and say this is you know this is the way I'm going to win, and hello, people that you know the. We all vote, or most of us vote. We should be voting, and so he's he's talking to people that are his potential uh, voters. I mean, okay, so maybe blacks aren't going to vote higher for you know more, more higher for him, but they're going to maybe vote Republican. Um, and so you know you're you're attacking a, a vote. It's not his voter base, but you're attacking voters. These are people that want to hear things about the economy. They want to hear things about women's rights. They want to hear about going to war with Iran. They want to hear about nuclear disarmament or, or climate change. They don't want to hear about just getting rid of immigrants. I mean, there's, there are intelligent people in the Republican voting base, is what I'm saying. And so that, so they, they're, the, the intelligent and, and compassionate Republicans that are out there, the moderates, are going to say, enough. This isn't what we stand for. It's not, as a Republican, what I stand for. Maybe I'm fiscally conservative and I don't maybe agree with all these social programs, but I don't think that we should go around saying that we're going to drone people. I don't think that we should say eliminating black people and non-white people is going to solve our country's problems. And I don't know that maybe Trump and the others are saying that specifically, but to me that's what I'm hearing because that's what they're focusing on. Um, but Yeah, and, and you know. know there's a problem to some extent because even Bill O'Reilly and Eric Erickson have kind of called them out. So so like you said, I don't necessarily want to call those guys reasonable Republicans, but there are Republicans who recognize that that rhetoric is just too much or that policy isn't isn't where they need to go. So hopefully you're right about that. You know, because you know, it's just... Oh, I ahead. agree. I, think, I, I just think, I agree. I think that it just, it's going to take... Um, somebody, I mean, I, I really, <laughs> I really, I've said this before with you. I, you know, I really was hopeful for somebody like John Huntsman to to come up, but that's just not going to happen. I mean, they're just they eat those people and spit them out, you know, in in shreds, and they just, you know, the the, the sensible people that are Republicans don't stand a chance. I don't know when that cycle is going to break, but it's the people that are the screamers, the haters. Uh, the ones that are saying the ugliest things the loudest, they're the ones that draw the crowds. So I I don't know. We'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, maybe maybe with any luck, if the Republicans do go for a hardline candidate this year and they get really drubbed in 2016, maybe they'll learn their lesson. I think they keep they keep sort of fooling themselves because they do well in the midterm. So then they go back to crazy for a while and then they get stomped in the presidential elections. And so, you know, I don't know how this is going to play out. And maybe, you know, some people have suggested that right now people are flirting with the Trump candidacy because they're not actually voting yet, but that when it comes to actually voting, a lot of Republicans will sort of get cold feet. That kind of thing happened a little bit in 2012 with front runners like Michelle Bachman and Newt Gingrich and Herman Cain, who all took their turns. But when it actually came to voting, people kind of, kind of, you know, I don't know, sobered up or lost interest and kind of moved back a little towards um, sanity, if you can call Mitt Romney sane. I mean, compared to those other people, I guess he was. So, so maybe we'll see that again. Uh, but I do think um, there's a, you know, a huge issue here. I think the Republicans are definitely shooting themselves in the foot on the immigration issue. It's, bad for their party, but it's also bad for America, and hopefully we can put a squash to it uh, 
um, this election cycle sooner rather than later would be good, but whenever it happens, it'll happen. And I guess on that note, we are out of time, so uh, we will see everybody again next week. We want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Be safe and be kind to your neighbor, and uh, we'll catch you uh, in a week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.